welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Welcome to Syosset Library's Turn the Page podcast. This is Jessica. I am um, really excited to be here with um is it peg tire tire yes like the wheel like the wheel um peg Peg tire um author of strangers in the night which um actually this what how many years has it been since the book was originally released 27 years since it was released 27 years and the book is being re-released um 27 years later um and um welcome first of all um i'm really excited to have you here i find it really interesting. First of all, what is your background, just for our listeners who might not know? Uh, So I have spent 30 years as a a career journalist uh, covering crime, organized crime, domestic terrorism, law enforcement, courts, cops. Uh, And then I moved to cover education uh, and wrote some, I wrote a book about domestic terrorism. And then I moved to cover education when I was a cover story writer at Newsweek and then um, became sort of known for that. Uh, but all the, I, in the 90s, I had written two uh, delicious, romantic urban crime thrillers. Uh, and these are being reprinted. So first of all, um, congratulations on the reprinting. I find it really interesting that everything just sort of came full circle. So you were really in the very beginning of your um, of your journalism career when you wrote fiction, um, how so? First of all, this is the story of somebody named um, Kate Murray, who um, and um, she is sort of at the center of this crime story. She had a bit of a slip up in the past, trying to reprove herself, um, and she finds herself in this crazy dance of a triangle between two gentlemen who um, are either drawn to her or she's drawn to them that may or may not be able to help her solve another crime. Um, so um, I guess one of my questions is, like I said before, so you were just at the very beginning of your journalism career when you wrote this book. Um, how did that sort of inform you writing fiction? Um, and why do you think that... Um, 27 years later, um, this was the time to sort of re-release this book. Well, I wrote the book when I was a field reporter covering homicides in New York City. So we had 2,000 homicides a year, so it was nine a day. And I would go into police headquarters and try and find the crime that was going to lead the news story for the next day. And then I would go out and talk to people who were on the scene and police and victims and community members try and figure out what happened and that was what I did every day every day for years and it was really amazing it was an incredible education I am so grateful to all the people that I talked to and who agreed to talk to me over those years but it was um it was kind of traumatic in a way uh it was a lot of mayhem and I think I wrote these books to sort of process what was going on and to try and put them in a kind of narrative so that I didn't go crazy because, well, 
you know, we talk a lot about PTSD and that sort of thing now, but we were only talking about it back in the day. And I definitely was experiencing a lot of really chaotic, jolting stuff. So I tried to capture that and also tried to capture what it was like to be working as a woman in a very, very sexist, male-dominated environment. And the super rugged uh, atmosphere that, you know, I don't think women are going to put up with any longer. During the Me Too movement, I had kind of a surprise when I was like, wow, like that was part of my job description. And now women are saying they're not going to take it anymore. Like right on for our younger women, like good for you guys. Uh, So I think that era has passed. Thank God. But it was a little bit of processing, I think, is what I was doing. And also, I was amazed and I was thrilled. And I was so, it was in some ways so fascinating and so joyous to be able to, I don't know, joyous is the wrong word, but it was so, yeah, I felt like it was so mission driven to be able to bring the stories of people who were really being victimized in the uh, crack epidemic to the general public. I remember once going from a crime scene in Bushwick to the uh, Blue Room in City Hall and raising my hand to the mayor and saying, can you honestly say that you're a tough on crime mayor? Because I just come from like a you know Colombian drug massacre. Um, you know, And so it really felt like I was able to speak truth to power in a way that uh, was very heady for me at the time. So when you went, so this book was it um was it edited at all from the original version or is it um just a complete reissue it's a reissue uh so uh jeremy wagner runs dead sky publishing and uh, my husband is also a novelist and a television writer and uh they got to be good friends and jeremy ended up reading my books i said you know by the way these books sitting around uh which i'm like people don't really know me for them but i'm proud of them i think they're great and they really are a time capsule. It was the end, what I didn't realize, it was the end of the, when you can harass women, sexually harass women in the workplace. It was the end of that era, thank God. It was also the end of the newspapering business, which is super sad. Uh, it was the end of the media business when media was uh, not just for, you know, I get the sense that media is for people who can afford it now, who can afford to make no money, but it's, it's sort of like for a certain kind of person. But at the time, a lot of different kinds of people were reporters. We had a very diverse newsroom. We had a very economically diverse newsroom. We had a very racially diverse newsroom. More, many more men than women, but all kinds of people. And so it was the end of that era uh, for newspapering. And it was kind of the end of a time when like now everyone's got a video camera and everyone's a YouTube star. And so the power of, so news has become something different. Uh, so it was the end of a certain kind of media. Uh, and I didn't realize that at the time, but it is a bit of a time capsule. So anyway, Jeremy decided to publish them again, and I couldn't be more proud and thrilled. Yeah, no, I think um, that makes a lot of sense. And I do, you know, what you're talking about, it really rings true. I mean, there and by by when you talk about like that being the end of an era, I, I almost feel like with every new thing that comes out it's the end of an end of an era you know and it's so quick now um you know i i think um having sort of you, you talk about it being like a time capsule having um somebody like um like kate you know who really is a a, a journalist she's you know um a crime reporter in the way that it was when 
there wasn't so much access, you know, people, you really had to, um, you really had to sort of sniff things out versus now where, you know, even like when you tell, when you're trying to um, write about something, there's a million people who are giving their hot takes on like Twitter or, you know, it's X now, whatever it is, but, you know, on, um, on everything. Um, and I think it's really important to sort of have these character driven stories where, you know, they're sort of solving, um, solving a, a crime as uh, by, by following certain things. Um, but with the main characters, um, so when you, how, how is um, Kate like you and how is she kind of different from you from way back in the day? Well, I was married by the time I started writing this book. So I was not as promiscuous as my character was because like, hey, don't you want to read some hot sex in a book? I did. So well, I wrote- for, sure, for sure, for sure. And I was going to say, you know, listen, like, we, you know, it's good, it's good to spice, to spice it up like that. So, uh, yes, thumbs up for yeah. that. Nope. So, yes. So I was, and also it's a lot about, uh, ambition. Uh, and I think that like about women's unease with ambition. And, uh, I think that, uh, that was a certain, that can be a certain time in your life as if you're a young, ambitious woman, I think that there's a time when you feel really insecure about that. And that really changed for me over time. But I think at the time I was like trying to figure out, how how are you ambitious and also have a personal life and ha- and the tensions between a, a a human eating job like a job that would not stay in a nine to five would not stay in a 14 hour a day box it was just all consuming and then what do you do when you actually want to have a life like that tension uh which i think a lot of people go through still go through uh but i'm not going through it now uh i've learned i have a different kind of life uh so I think that character was like me in that way, uh, but not 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 like me now. It's a little bit having this book reissued is a little bit like meeting my self from 27 years ago, which has just been a, such a joy, you know, such a such a thrill to say, you know, yes, I was all those things. Yes, I thought all those things. I was super rude and super abrupt, and I just thought the the things that I was seeing were amazing and hilarious and. Uh, could really see the humor in it. Like the book is funny and it's also really tragic and it's also really sexy. So I, I they set out to do something pretty ambitious in the confines of a genre, a uh, crime fiction genre. And I, I, I like what I did. How do you, um, do you read a lot of crime fiction drama still? Uh, no, I gotta no. say, I, I gotta say I don't. Uh, you know, and I find it hard to watch television shows about uh, crime stuff because I covered it for so long that I'm like, yeah, no, that wouldn't happen. You know, it's just like it wouldn't happen. Right. And also I'm uh, I've kind of I kind of view violence differently now. Our, we have such a violent culture now with such pervasive use of illegal handguns and um we have so much crime happening. OK, crime is low, but we have a lot of these like super violent incidents mass shootings that rip in the through the fabric of our lives and i'm just not interested in narratives that have to do with a gun at this point i'm i'm not like i'm not debating the second amendment or anything but i'm just saying that like i don't want to i want a different kind of narrative now in my life uh i'm you know i look at i'm sort of traumatized as we all are as a culture by by mass shootings 
And I don't want to glorify that. And I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. So I don't want to read about that. Nope. That makes absolute sense. You know, I do find it very interesting um, that true crime in general has become extremely popular as a genre in and of itself, um, which I think is another one of those things uh, because now you have people making podcasts where they're trying to point fingers at people and they don't know what's going on. Whole other story. And, and a lot of them are, listen, a lot of them are well-meaning, but they're not resourced reporters and they don't actually know what they're doing. And so a lot of times I will listen to that and I'll be like, oh man, can I get my 20 minutes back? Like this person <laughs> like has no, you know, listen, hats off to them that they're trying to do something that they're, I get the impulse, right? But they don't know what they're doing. And so it seems really, um, it seems like, you know, rookie time in a way. Uh, and I get frustrated with it. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to work in the news business for a long time and we had real, you know, we really refined our skills and we didn't fall. You just see people falling into the same kind of traps being, you know, weirdly being uh, othering people who commit crimes and lionizing the police. And none of those things are really true. Like people who commit crimes, often they're just, they're just like you and me. No, they, they're, they're, they have, you know, they're not, not human. Right. They're just human beings who've had a different who've taken a different turn. And, you know, law enforcement, you know, the some of the members of just like journalists, some of the journalists I know I love and would make godfathers of my children and some I wouldn't give my home address to. And I feel the same way about law enforcement. Like some of some of the people I've met in law enforcement are the most extraordinary stand up human beings I have ever met outside the priesthood. And some of them again i wouldn't give my home address to so i don't so i have a nuanced view of it so talking about um the characters of dominic and john finn um they are definitely um very interesting characters to read i mean i think um like you said it was it's it's also a very funny book and it's a very sexy book um do, were they sort of amalgams of people you knew back then um, or or not? And um, do you think, like, was it interesting reading them again now? Um, like you had said that reading Kate was like meeting your 27, yourself 27 years ago. Uh, did you kind of look at John and Dominic differently through your lens now? Well, a funny thing happened, you know, in that time, I was just, I was, working this crazy job and everything that ran across my desk, everything I saw, everything I said, everything that was said to me was all like, I just got encoded in some part of my brain to fill, to like become part of this narrative. And when the books came out, a lot of people said to me like, girl, like I, I, that was me. And I was like, Oh God, it so wasn't you. Like maybe one thing that you said to me is, is in that character, but they're total amalgams. So some people got really weird around me and they were like, I didn't know you felt that way about me. And other people were like, and other people were like, bitch, how come you're so mean? Right? And I was like, oh, it wasn't, you know, you have to appreciate that being a journalist is not the same as being a novelist. Okay. Like I wasn't doing like, I wasn't creating, I wasn't trying to chronicle people. I was just creating characters and using everything that I possibly could, throwing everything into it. And thank you for saying that the books are funny and sexy too. I appreciate that. You know, um, 
another thing you were talking about, and I feel like this ties into Kate's situation. Um, you know, Kate is, um, she's, as we mentioned, she's sort of um, fallen to a rough place. She's put on probation because of a mistake. Um, do, do you, this is going to sound ridiculous, or maybe it won't. Go ahead, fire away. I feel like, how do you look at sort of Kate's situation back then versus situations now where it's almost like you sometimes kind of wonder where the consequences are if somebody um mis misreports something very publicly like it doesn't feel necessarily like they are held as accountable as they might have been a while back yeah the media business has really changed i'm out i'm pretty much out of it now i write features sometimes for the times and the atlantic and like big pieces big you know, long pieces I spend a year on, but that's a luxury. Okay. So if you're a field reporter and there's not that many left, you have to appreciate what a rough job it is. You are hanging by a thread all the time and people can mislead you and people can purposely mislead you. Some people have the job of misleading journalists and you're just like, you're just so easily manipulated. And also it's so easy for things to fall through the cracks. I, I love it when people say like, oh, that person didn't tell the truth. Okay. Like, okay, what is truth? Like, we're just trying to chronicle history. And I think more and more as this news cycle has sped up, there's less time for reflection. There's less time for checking. Um, you know, people tweet something and then everyone's like, it's true. They tweeted it. It's like, really? Did they? Right. And they don't even quote the actual tweet. Right. They don't even forget where it came from. So yeah. So uh, I feel for our journalists now, I think the business has really changed. The model is based on traffic and not on advertising. So all media organizations are just trying to manufacture outrage and they're retailing outrage to you so that you, your eyes stay glued to their websites. And it's just a terrible model. And it's just so demoralizing and terrible for our democracy, in my view. So, um, would you write another fiction novel at this point? Would you, oh. now that you've kind of come back to publishing these, actually, is your second novel going to be? Yeah, the, second, the sequel to this is coming out also So then in a year. So that's just thrilling. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I might. I might. I'm thinking about another project. I write nonfiction books now. I'm thinking about another project now about gifted people who are gift, gifted, so-called gifted. And uh, I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, it's hard to write a book. I have a day job. I run a foundation and it's a, you know, I have a day job. So that's complicated uh, to find the time. Uh, but yeah, I could do it. I could do it. I'd like to do it. That's actually a really interesting topic because I've been hearing uh, on, on the internet, I've been hearing a lot of people talking just about it in general. Um really? Yeah, no, for sure. You know, just the idea of, um, you know, because I, I was a child. I was a child in the 80s and, you know, early 90s and a teenager in the 90s. And I remember there was this big, you know, there were a lot of this big surge of, you know, people who were gifted. And I'm hearing a lot of people now uh, kind of talk about like revisiting you know the people who were considered gifted revisiting that sort of thing in their life and 
having various opinions on what that meant to them and how that's affected them now. So I think that would actually be a really interesting um, topic. That is exactly the project that I'm thinking about doing. And part of me wants to do it as a book and part of me wants to do it audio, you know, for audio. Uh, I, I spent, did a stint as a television reporter for three years and I did a little radio. So I know a bit of audio, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But you wouldn't revisit uh, Kate's character at this point. I would point. love to. I would love to, especially doing like an old broads version of it. You know, like having a little mileage on you, caring less about what people think, having, you know, I think it was that soccer player, Rapineau. What was her first name? Megan Rapineau. Who Megan Rapineau. Who I yeah, think, she's engaged to uh, somebody I went to high school with. Who, who, famously, who famously said, yeah. I'm just a lot of fucks, you know? And it's just yeah, like, yeah, 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 so yeah. Like, like coming from that perspective, I, I think for this character would be great. The thing is, there's no old broads in media. Like it's now a business where you don't get old, you just get drummed out. And so that would be challenging uh, to figure out what her, how, her positionality in the in the world but yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. For sure. And, you know, especially I think, cause we were talking about, um, you know, to have like a character, you know, uh, like Kate kind of, uh, or having Kate herself sort of like post me too, I think would be great. Right. Right. So great. Yeah. So much fun. I'm just so thrilled. As I said, I'm just so proud of our young women and how they stood up. Listen, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge proponent of due process as the cornerstone of our judicial of our judicial freedom. And that said, I'm super proud of our young women. Like, right on, girls. Like, good job. Uh, it was a really unexpected phenomenon. It came on fast, and it changed the world. And I'm I'm really really proud of them. So how do you find writing, or I mean, it's been a while, but how do you find um, writing fiction different, you know, in a in long form different than nonfiction, like um, your nonfiction books versus uh, fiction, fiction is so much harder. Fiction is so much harder because nonfiction, you're just writing the stuff. You just, you learn stuff and then you write it in a way that people might want to read. Fiction is like having, I think Ann Patchett said, it's like having a, bathtub running in your house like you turn on the bath and you always kind of know what the water level is and like part even though you're doing something else you know you always kind of know where the water what the water level is it's always on your mind it's like a creature that inhabits you it's a parasite it's terrible it's a nightmare don't ever do it but it's great you know it's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst best thing you can do did the um i mean did like the so you know did did you, within the time period, did you want to write fiction or were you just kind of like, listen, I've got to put this parasite to bed or I'm never going to get anything else done? No, I had to. I was, I was super compelled to do it. I was just like, I was just really traumatized. Also, my husband's a novelist, so it's not like he was like, hey, let's just sit around and talk. He was like working. And he's got amazing work habits. So I was a little defensive in a way. It was like, okay, we're going to work on our, each work on our thing. And then yeah, it was kind of the way that we live together. Very, very highly productive. Very cool. Well, this is um once again. So you, uh, Strangers in the Night, um has been reissued. Is it out yet? The reissue? It's been reissued. Yeah, and my last name is Tyre T Y R E. If you want to get it at your library, which or, you should, which you should definitely. I'm a which giant library fan. Yes. And, and what if are some? Don't have a library card? Get one. 
Absolutely. Use your library, go to the library because there's so much cool stuff happening there. I'm a, I just want to say giant library fan. Thank you so much. So am, so am I. I, <laughs> I am a, so. I'm a giant library fan as well. Um, and then um, are your nonfiction books still in print and what are they? Um, yes, what I, are have, they? I have a book called uh, uh, Two Seconds Under the World. I don't think that's in print. That was about the first World Trade Center bombing, which I wrote with a couple of other reporters. I wrote a book called uh, Trouble with Boys, which is about boys and education and how education is uh, poorly suited. Schools are poorly suited for boys. And I wrote a book called The Good School, which is, again, an education book. Uh, and those are all in print still. Very cool. Well, definitely, like I said, check out Strangers in the Night. It is a great crime story and it is funny and sexy and um, will kind of kind of take you back you know it's so funny with like it's it's been a while since um mad men ended but i you know remember and that was before obviously that's predates strangers in the night but i remember you know sitting there and watching that with my grandmother and she's watching how the guys are treating all the women in the office and she's just like oh yeah yeah you know so um more more power to people uh who've moved on from that but um yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me, but I'd love to see Kate uh, post Me Too as well. Oh, that's so lovely. Thank you so much for saying that. And thanks for the interview. You're welcome. Thanks for sitting down with me. Um, so once again, this was Jessica with Sayasa Libraries from the Page Podcast. My uh, guest today was Peg Tire Like the Car Wheel. And uh, we are not reinventing the wheel, but we are reissuing Strangers in the Night 27 years later. And uh, your second one is The Midnight Hour, right? Midnight Hour, yep. Very, very cool. And what's the company um, that reissued them again? Dead Sky Publishing. It's a small publishing house out of Chicago. Fabulous. Um, we are going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.